WGNS Murfreesboro, W270AF Murfreesboro, W263AI Murfreesboro, Smyrna. The Good Neighbor Network, FM 101.9 and AM 1450 Murfreesboro, FM 100.5 Smyrna, and online at WGNSRadio.com. This is a WGNS Action Line, talking with Rutherford County newsmakers about what matters most to you. We're talking with Keith Stapleton. He is the manager of the Murfreesboro Funeral Home. Keith, tell us a little bit about how you got into this line of work. I started when I was in college. I was going to college to be a teacher, and the local funeral director in East Tennessee asked me to help him out on weekends, and I did, and then it just led into me going into this business. There's something special, I think, about helping families at a time of crisis. It's the tough time to go through, and you're walking those steps with the family. Yeah, it's probably one of the hardest times in their life they have to go through the death of a loved one. It's our job to see them through that and try to guide them in the direction and give them the tools that they need to get through that process. Sometimes it's very rewarding, sometimes it's, it's hard. On us as funeral directors, it gets to us at times to where we just kind of have to take a break ourselves and reload to be able to come back and do what we need to do. What are some of the things that, you know, when a family first comes to you, what are some of the questions they may ask? A lot of the families don't know the questions to ask. We ask them the questions. First off, is there going to be a burial, going to be a cremation, what type of services they would think they would want. We do that there before we get into any kind of casket or vault, see what type of services that the family have talked about that they may want to do. Get to know the family and get to know what plans would like to be, and then we can work from that. How important is it for a husband, a wife, a grandparent to talk to their kids or grandkids about what they would like to happen when they do pass away? In my experience over 40 years, I've seen the people that come in to pre-plan their funerals and put it down in writing what they want makes it a whole lot easier on the children at the time of their death. This is what mama wanted, this is what we're going to do, or this is what daddy wanted, or brother or sister, whoever it may be, then they know what to do. It takes the pressure off of them, and it helps them through that process that they love them enough to take care of this for them. I guess it's a smart idea for a father, a, a mother, grandmother, whatever the case may be, maybe even write a letter to their children years in advance and say, you know, when I do go, here's what I would like to happen. Yeah, my grandmother, when she passed away, she had wrote a letter to all the kids, told them to love each other, take care of each other, that she had been yearning to be with her husband for years after he passed away. It was very healing for the family to know that she wanted them to get along and love each other. So yeah, it's a good idea to put something down in writing, whether it's a letter like that or whether it's your wishes on what you want to do. It's a very good idea to put it down and have it somewhere where somebody in the family knows where it is. Again, we're talking with Keith Stapleton. He is the manager of the Murfreesboro Funeral Home. And, of course, that is off of South Church Street in Murfreesboro. Over there in the Innsbruck Shopping Center area. We've uh, been there a good while now and very nice facility spacious and convenient. I wanted to go back to that pre-planning idea loved ones telling their children in writing this is what I would like to happen you know you were talking about how that makes it easier on the rest of the family when the family does know what mom or dad would like to happen sure it makes it uh, a whole lot easier and it doesn't matter whether they come in and pay for it in advance or if they just come in and put down what they want done 
just put it in writing this is what i want done and give the family a copy of it give their children their spouse or their brothers or sisters whoever may be their surviving relative give it to them to where they know what to do you were talking about the letter that your grandmother wrote, how she longed to be there with her husband who sure. had passed away years before. Saying things like that in a letter are not only touching, but it also does give a little, I think, relief, a sigh of relief for the rest of the family. It allows them to breathe a little bit easier, I think. It was healing for all of them because her death was very sudden. It was like she was in the hospital and three days later she had passed away. And in that time, she knew that she was you know, going to die. So she wrote this letter and gave it to my dad to have the minister to read at the funeral. It was very healing, not only for the kids, but even for the grandkids, because there was a ton, a ton of us. There was a lot of us. Again, we're talking with Keith Stapleton, the manager of the Murfreesboro Funeral Home. You know, it's important, and this is going to sound crazy, I know, for some listeners, but for some newlywed couples out there, even if you are newly married, it's still important to talk about the future. It's still important to talk about what to do if tragedy does strike. Yeah, when I was a teenager and when I was that age, I didn't think anything about it. I was in the business, but the older you get, the more you think about it, and it's a good idea. Start thinking ahead of time, even if you're in your 20s or 30s, because you never know. We have tragedies all the time to where it's a teenager or, or 20, 30, 40 year olds, and it's happening more and more often. Uh, COVID's been a bad situation, plus uh, the drug situation here in this community has gotten bad. So we see tragedies like that, sudden tragedies that, that shouldn't have happened chaos hits you don't know what to do you're running every which direction at least i'm interpreting it for men you know it's and i know it's like that for everybody to some degree again we've been talking with keith stapleton murfreesboro funeral home online at murfreesborofuneralhome.com we're going to take a short break you're tuned in to wgns on this friday today february 11th Coming up in just a little while, at about 8.30, 8.35 or so, we're going to be joined by an expert who helps keep Middle Tennessee Electric up to date on electric vehicles. So we'll talk about some of those new electric vehicles out there. The pros, the cons. Is having an electric vehicle efficient and a good idea if you live in the Rutherford County area? Or maybe you live in the Nashville area. Is it logical to now purchase an electric vehicle? We'll talk about all of that and more shortly after 8.30 this morning. You're tuned in to WGNS. I'm Scott Walker on this Friday morning. The Action Line on FM 101.9 and AM 1450 Murfreesboro, FM 100.5 Smyrna, and streaming at WGNSradio.com. The Action Line on FM 101.9 and AM 1450 Murfreesboro, FM 100.5 Smyrna, and streaming at WGNSradio.com. By growing up in the restaurant business and being always around it, it was just something that was just second nature to me. I didn't realize the amount of work that was involved in it. I, I didn't understand and appreciate all that my parents sacrificed in order to provide for us. And now I'm very thankful and, I, and I'm very appreciative of the foundation that they laid for me so we could teach others to create what they have done to make it more of a legacy than just a passing of the torch. This is Peter Demas inviting you to enjoy a meal with our family at Demas's Restaurant. Hi, this is Dan Mitchell at Music World and Drummer's Den, Murfreesboro, Tennessee. We have an excellent sound room with 
good acoustics if you want to try on any guitar in the store. If you've got a perfect place to listen to it, compare them side by side. See how the neck feels to your hand, which is important to a guitar player. We have keyboards to play, a room in the back for drums to give a run through with cymbals, snares, whole sets. Come in Music World and Drummer's Den and try out before you buy it. Music World and Drummer's Den. We'll see mostly sunny skies here this afternoon with a high in the upper 60s. Southwest winds are on 15 to 20 miles per hour, gusting as high as 35. Tonight's slight chance for rain late, alone near 35. I'm meteorologist Jennifer Wojcicki on News Radio WGNS. Currently, it's 47. It's so important that we recognize our veterans, shake their hands and say how proud we are of the service that they have given to our country and that we thank them for that. I am Becky Bookner and we salute our veterans. Broadcasting from the tallest tower in the city with that little red light on top. FM 100.5, FM 101.9, and AM 1450. The Action Line on FM 101.9 and AM 1450 Murfreesboro, FM 100.5 Smyrna, and streaming at WGNSRadio.com. We're talking with Keith Stapleton. He is the manager of the Murfreesboro Funeral Home. What are some tips that you would give family members out there who maybe recently lost a loved one or have an elderly family member who's currently hospitalized and not doing so well? What are some tips you would give that family? If you're able to talk to the person, ask them their wishes. See what they would want. Check around different funeral homes, different services that are available around here to find some place that's going to suit your needs, whether it be us or any other funeral home or funeral service provider here in this town, it's always wise to check and compare before you make your mind up. Uh, Sometimes we just jump into things without thinking, and and it's always a good idea to examine what's out there and and take the road that you feel you're more comfortable with. At the time of a death in the family, your mind's clouded. You know, you're you're thinking of old memories. You're thinking of things that happened. I mean, you're just not thinking clearly about a funeral. Yeah, and we have people call all the time and and just more or less sometimes price check to see what our prices are because there is a financial burden to a death. The financials that go along with a family member passing away, there's a lot of things that are paid for that, you know, those on the outside who have never had to plan a funeral never even think of. I mean, there's taxes involved. I mean, there's just a lot of stuff that you have to kind of get in order, and there's a lot of things that do have to be paid for, especially when it comes to a a full funeral service. And most people want that full funeral service so that their loved one could be remembered and talked about right there. Sure. I mean, you've got cemetery costs. For example, if you don't have a grave, then you have to buy a grave. You have to pay for the opening and closing of that grave. You have to buy a marker for that grave. And then you'll have the funeral service on top of that. So you're getting into thousands of dollars quick if you don't have anything pre-taken care of. A lot of people start out buying cemetery property. It's a it's a big expense. At one time, years ago, it was probably the second or third largest expense you would have in your life. It's not anymore because of the prices of things that's gone up so high. But it used to be a, a your home, your farm, or whatever you had, a car. And then a funeral was like the third or the fourth, other than having a child, was in there. But that was third or fourth largest expense you would have. But that's not true anymore. You know, you brought up an item that I think a lot of people really don't think about, and that is a place for the burial to take place. You know, the cemetery fees and all of that. For example, here in Rutherford County, we have got such a blended population of folks from all over the world, people who did not grow up here. They're not thinking about when they move here 
hey, I need to find a cemetery for when I do pass away. You know, it's just not something that's in the realm of thinking. But in years past, grandmother, grandfather, you know, they lived and were often born in the same town they grew up in. And and that was just one of the things they paid for in advance. You know, they bought that burial plot. But people aren't doing that today. 50, 60 years ago, they would buy six, eight graves because they had three children and uh, they wanted to have spaces for them and maybe their spouses. They may be 10 graves. But over the last 40, 50 years, this, this country's become so mobile that nobody stays in the community. Their jobs may move them to one state to the other every two or three years. It's hard to kind of say, I'm going to be buried right here especially when you don't know if you're going to be here that long. Again, this morning we're talking with Keith Stapleton. He is the manager of Murfreesboro Funeral Home right here in Murfreesboro. How often do you see where the funeral will take place here in Murfreesboro, but then the cemetery they use may be in Nashville, maybe in Shelbyville, maybe in Manchester, or somewhere else within, let's say, a 30-minute drive. Is that quite common? Oh, yeah. Yeah, matter of fact, we had one. We just went to Memphis. Uh, I've got another one uh, that right now that we're going to Dresden for the burial. We'll have the funeral here and then go to a different city. McMinnville, Manchester, Tullahoma, any of the surrounding counties we do. Nashville, especially because the VA cemetery is in Nashville. So we go there quite often. We've been talking with Keith Stapleton, the manager of Murfreesboro Funeral Home off of 231 South on Innsbruck Boulevard. Keith, thanks for joining us. When we come back from this break, we'll have a guest on the air who's an expert in electric vehicles, also known as EVs. He helps Middle Tennessee Electric stay up to date on charging stations, installing charging stations in your home, and are you ready for an electric vehicle? All of that and more when we come back. You're listening to WGNS on this Friday morning, today the 11th of February. We are celebrating our 75th anniversary in broadcasting. Listen live to WGNS Radio on our website, and Alexa, or Google devices. Search WGNS Radio for on-demand podcasts in iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, and Stitcher. Plus, we have direct links to podcasts at WGNSRadio.com. Gandy Seafood is your crawfish headquarters. This is Chuck Gandy with Gandy Seafood Company. Crawfish season is now through the 4th of July. Gandy Seafood offers cooked and live crawfish along with customized crawfish boiling kits. The Gandy Seafood Cajun Market on Memorial Boulevard across from Sportscom. WGNS proudly salutes and remembers our U.S. veterans who have served our country. I was sent first to radio school. Then, when I finished that, I was sent to Yuma, Arizona, to gunnery school. Dr. Charles Edwin Howard, a World War II veteran. And here we started out with shotguns on the back of a pickup truck, standing up, and we fired at discs thrown out, went around a big circle. We went from that to a place where we sat, and they showed pictures of airplanes coming out of the side and front and so forth, and we fired a light gun at these. Then they sent me to Savannah, Georgia, and there we met the crew that we would fly with. Dr. Howard was in the U.S. Air Force. November of 1943, we got on the Ile de France, the old iconic luxury ship. I was uh, 13 floors down from the top. It was very uh, sickening and very hot, bad, slept in a hammock. It took us quite a few days to get across. Oh, I was sick almost all the time. So was everybody else. But uh, we uh, finally docked right out of Glasgow, Scotland. 
We got in a truck and drove to a place called Defum Green. That was a little village, and all around this village was the base, 452nd Bomb Group, and that was my assignment. This has been a salute to veterans on WGNS Radio. Restoration One of Middle Tennessee. A team of experts and immediate responders who help homeowners after disaster strikes. After disaster strikes. Fire, water, or storm damage. We can help you get your life back to normal quickly. Restoration One Middle Tennessee.com. Locally and veteran owned. Good morning. Traffic's still busy, but it's moving on 24 through the Hickory Hollow area. Tons of radar. At least it was earlier down I-24 through certain sections of Coffee County, even around uh, Medical Center Parkway a few minutes ago there on I-24. Hey, Gatlinburg Wine Cellar is home of the world-famous cotton candy wine. Check them out at GatlinburgWineCellar.com. I'm Commander Chuck with your on-time traffic. Hi, this is Gator with Tire World Off-Road. We're your local rough country dealer. So when you're ready to add some character to your rig, ask for Gator at Tire World Off-Road on Memorial Boulevard. This is Sean Brown at Tire World on Broad Street. Online at tireworld.us. The Action Line on FM 101.9 and AM 1450 Murfreesboro, FM 100.5 Smyrna, and streaming at WGNSRadio.com. Right now that time, 8.34, you're tuned to WGNS on this Friday morning. Again, today, the 11th of February. And on this next half of the program, we're going to be talking about things like electric vehicles. How economical are they? And, uh, you know, are they a good, reliable choice? And with us this morning, we have Robert White, Vice President of Member Services for Middle Tennessee Electric. And then also Brandon Wagner with the strategy team of Middle Tennessee Electric. And just right off the bat, Robert is the one. No, Robert, you don't have the electric vehicle. Uh, or wait, Robert, you do have the electric vehicle. Okay. Yes. I'm getting my names all confused here. Robert is the one with the electric vehicle. And then, Brandon, you've got the regular old gas vehicle, I guess. Correct. That's right. <laughs> so, so starting out this morning, Robert, um, tell us a little bit about you know what you drive mm-hmm. and uh, how efficient is it compared to a gas guzzling vehicle? <laughs> sure, I have the uh, I have a two, 2021 Ford Mustang Mach E, and uh, you know I, I really enjoy the car. I haven't had to get gas since May the tenth. And it's really interesting and unique, and I love the fact that when I get it home at night, I plug it up, and when I leave in the morning, it's ready to go, fully charged, and ready to start another day. That's pretty cool. So do you have, like, a a charging station that charges it quicker installed in your garage, or or what do you do? do? Uh, Yes, I do. Uh, Charging in the EV world has three levels. So level one is uh, that 120 volt that you can just plug in, and I can actually do that. But it's only going to charge at about two to three miles per hour. Okay. Uh, but then I have a level two charger, which is a 240 volt type of charger that I had to have installed. And so I'm charging right at about 20 to 30 miles per hour. So it gets it charged pretty cool. Now, if I decide to go on a road trip, which I have before, uh, then I'll stop at a uh, level three charger, which is a DC fast charger, and it charges it even faster so that uh, I can have it charged from about 10% to 80%, probably about 20 to 25 minutes at the most while I'm grabbing some snacks, using the restroom or whatever. And so does that charger, you know, the two, the 110, obviously just a regular plug and play, I guess. Mm-hmm. The other 240 volt charger, 
Does it come with that, or is that something you have to buy extra? And do you buy it from the dealer? What do you do? Well, it just depends on the EV that you decide to purchase. With Ford, uh, Ford came equipped with a, a mobile charger, so I didn't have to go purchase one. Uh, some of the most uh, popular ones are ChargePoint and things such as that. But I have a Ford mobile charger that I can either uh, mount on the wall in my garage, which I've had, which I've done, or I could just basically take it with me wherever I go. Hey, but you had to have the 240, I guess, amp plug installed in order to mm -hmm. plug that up yes uh, but it sounds like it, it's pretty simple uh yeah you just get an electrician to come in get that the outlet put there and then just plug it in when you do your thing at night just plug it in and with my app on my phone you know nowadays everything is app driven uh, with that type of software and that's what's so unique about an ev everything is so so software driven so my updates are done in the car at night or while i'm driving to, to go work out or wherever i go so it's pretty unique again robert white with middle tennessee electric and then also with us this morning brandon wagner and brandon does robert give you a hard time for having a gas vehicle uh, well, you know, he's been, he hasn't given me a ride in it yet. That's, that's, what, that's the, so, uh, one of the reasons I don't have a gas fee, I mean, an EV right now is, um, I'm actually, I, I, I didn't tell you this beforehand. My father-in-law and I are actually restoring a 1961 Austin Healey and we've ripped the old engine out of it and we're actually converting it to an EV. So oh, we've, cool. we've mm -hmm. able, at this point we, we can't drive it yet, but we have been able to put power to the motor and spin the wheels. So so where do you find you know an electric motor in order to put in something like that so there's um several websites out there diy electric car is a is a good one and they'll point you into uh, quite a few hobby places this is a really popular thing in california so most of the places i order my parts from uh domestically come from california the batteries i actually had to get them shipped from china so it was like a four-month lead time to get those in you know, I, I've seen the do-it-yourself projects where somebody converts a, an old, like, Porsche 911 uh, to an electric vehicle, and it's it's really cool because that electric motor, uh, the torque on it, I mean, 0 to 60 times for some of the faster ones is, like, down to 2-point-something seconds. It, it's pretty mm -hmm. insane. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and for a little bitty two-seater like the Austin Healey, I, I mean, I don't remember the original motor spec, but it was, I want to say, 400cc engine. It is very small. You're low to the ground. You feel like you're going fast. So to put a, a DC motor in it, um, it, 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 you're increasing the torque quite a bit and the horsepower. And how much money are you talking in order to, to you know, refit a car like that? I mean, not including all the labor that you're putting into it, but the cost of all the parts, the electric motor, the, the batteries, all that stuff. Yeah, well, I've, I'm right now I'm at about $13,000. Um, and that includes, we, we actually purchased the car for six, and my father-in-law, he's been restoring British cars for decades. Uh, so he was actually able to get the old motor and transmission uh, running, and we sold that for 1500 so that gave us a little bit, you know, a, a cost recovery but right now we have everything we need to get it to run at, at about thirteen fourteen thousand dollars and robert's why uh robert's right when he says it's all software driven the interesting thing about building these is you have much less time in the garage but you all these parts come in with programming cables and you have to set them program them it, it's quite a learning curve for for me and my father-in-law but uh a lot of those old cars they they don't maintenance is a big problem with them so i'm hoping that once we kind of get this thing running the maintenance on an ev is quite a bit less so in this restoration project are you talking thirteen thousand 
with the $6,000 purchase price of the car, too? That's correct, yes. The biggest things were the motor, uh, that cost 3000 and the batteries cost 4500 you have some other little parts that, you know, it's, it's, it seems like it's always $500 here and there. But once you get through that, then it's peripheral stuff that's a couple hundred dollars. And th those are the major parts. So for $7,500, you can have the motor and the batteries. And I, I expect to be able to get, I have about 30 kWh in this. So I'm, I'm expecting to get over 100 miles on this Austin Healey. You know, I'm kind of surprised about the price because I would have imagined the cost of the batteries and all that stuff would have been way higher because if you're restoring a car right now if you're putting a v8 a good built v8 in that car you're going to look at spending eight to nine thousand on the engine alone uh if you make it fuel injected so what you're talking is very affordable it, it really is and what's interesting is you know this has taken a long time because it's it's still expensive and i couldn't just do it right off the bat so we found the batteries we wanted on a on a website called aliexpress which is a it's kind of like the um amazon of china and but i couldn't afford them so i just kind of bookmarked them and waited about six months and by the time i was ready to pull pull the trigger the price had gone down 30 percent and the capacity of the battery had gone up 30 percent so i got a huge um it just it just reiterates how quickly the technology is changing in this area Again, Brandon Wagner with Middle Tennessee Electric and also Robert White with us. Robert, as you listen to him talking about putting in this electric motor in his mm -hmm. Austin Healey, what, what are you thinking as far as pros and cons that you would tell him if he were to drive it every day? Well, first of all, I say that uh, I'm so glad that... Uh, I was able to purchase my vehicle because I don't think I could do what Brandon's doing. <laughs> but uh, a lot of times, especially when my friends and family ask me, why in the world would you buy an EV? Because range anxiety is for real to folks. I can imagine. Oh, no doubt. But the, the technology, the battery technology has come so far. And when I did my research, I had already made up my mind. I'm not going to get an EV that I cannot use like I was using my Toyota Camry. And so I started doing my research on range, the style of car, really what I was looking for. And I narrowed it down between a Mustang and a Tesla Model Y. And uh, I also looked at the Nissan Leaf at that time, the extended range. And for what I wanted, I wanted that Mustang. But it's, it's so crazy because even though there's a lot of range anxiety out there, the popularity of the Mach-E at the time uh, was huge. And so... I couldn't find one. I, I looked in Tennessee. Uh, I found one in Cookville, but it wasn't the trim I was looking for. So I looked in Atlanta, and they were starting to mark those babies up. I found one in Statesville, North Carolina. And I jumped in the deep end. I went there, bought it, and drove back six hours. So you, you drove the car back six I hours? I drove the car back six hours. So I had to learn really fast. How in the world do I charge? I bet that was a scary first drive. Well, yeah, it was um, a bit, because the last thing you want to do is drive an EV back and get stuck somewhere. Yeah. But thankfully, I did my research, so I knew where to stop. I stopped in Asheville. I stopped in Knoxville. stopped in Murfreesboro, I mean, in Cookville, and then back to Murfreesboro. And how many miles can you get on a full charge? It just depends on mine. I, I chose to get the uh, all-wheel drive version, which does cut on some of the range. But mine, fully charged, 100%, I can get up to 220 miles. Now, Ford only, uh, they're very understating uh, with their range. They only advertise 211, but I was able to get about 220 miles uh, fully charged. Uh, 
And, and so there's so much more infrastructure. I have had no problems with range since I purchased the vehicle. And, and you know, it, it, the electric vehicles are interesting in the torque that they do have. I, mm. I know I drove a, a Tesla. I forgot what the model was. It was a couple of years back. But the 0 to 60 on the one I drove was around 2.7 or so seconds. Yeah. And you can feel it. I, I mean, it, it is, and it hooks up more so than... Uh, let's say a muscle car, right? You know, because they're lighter and they just grab and go. Yes. Now you mentioned uh, off air that you own Mustangs. Yeah, yeah, I love so, Mustangs. Yeah. So one of the things that when I was doing my research was that I understand that Mustang owners complained to Ford initially about how dare you do this to the Mustang brand. <laughs> Uh, release an EV with four doors. But amazingly, the first day I picked it up, I was between Knoxville and, and Cookville, and I stopped at the rest stop, and a, a guy in a Mustang drove up behind me. And I thought, oh, I'm getting ready to get cussed out or something like that. And all of a sudden, he says, is that that new EV Mustang? I said, yeah. He said, I love it. I love it. Uh, it it's amazing how many Mustang owners have stopped me on the road just wanting asking me, can I sit in your car and take pictures? Uh, uh, this is pretty cool. So I haven't had that kind of pushback or hate from mustang owners oh, so far you don't see the electric mustang really i, I mean i i don't think i've seen one yet in person i mean mm -hmm. there's just not a lot of them out there yet right right uh, i think ford uh they expected some success but i don't think they anticipated the enormity of uh acceptance of this vehicle and now they've pretty much decided on their plan in mexico to just produced the Mach-E's, where they were going to have two new EVs out next year. They've decided to cut back and really concentrate on the Lightning, which is coming out in a few months. That's going to be hugely popular, and, of course, their Mach-E. Now, the Ford truck they're talking about putting together, the one that I think is still in the planning stages, it's going to look like an older model Ford F-100, I guess? 150, F and it's actually coming out this spring. It is, uh, They okay. plan to have the first ones in production this spring. Uh, I think they had over 200,000 reservations for wow. this vehicle. So it shows you this is the, the F-150 is the number one selling vehicle in the country. Uh, the top selling with well, the top selling truck in the country for about 40 years and so ford is taking a chance i think they've learned from tesla and they're really they're really stepping in and making a commitment toward evs now is this the one that looks like the old 1970 body style but it's you know electric i haven't seen it I, i've just seen some pictures uh -huh. uh, i don't know if, if it's that body style but it looks just like an f-150 that's what's so unique it doesn't uh, i've had a lot of folks say to me that a lot of evs look reminds them of uh, spaceships uh, but uh, even some of these trucks uh, when you think about the tesla uh, truck that they were going to release but this f-150 looks like an F-150. So it's going to be pretty unique to see if this really happens in the market. I think you're going to see the EV adoption really shoot up a lot in the next couple of years. Yeah, I think so. I think we're, I think we're talking about two different trucks because Ford also has one that looks like that old 1969-1970 model era truck, mm -hmm. but it's going to be electric. So wow. I, I guess that one's going to be in a few years from now, but uh, I've seen some of the designs of it, and yeah. it's really cool what yes. they can do. Yes, it's amazing. that The EV market, it, I think that people think it's going to be so niche that it's going to go away. Uh, but no, I, I think you're going to see Europe has already adopted uh, that you have to be pretty much all electric in Europe over the next from about 2030 on. Uh, and Ford and GM and, of course, Tesla's led the way uh, just to remind folks that this is really possible. It's happening right now. And I know even states here in America, California is talking about trying to push everyone towards electric only. 
within the next, I don't know, five to 10 years or something like that. I, I don't see that happening, but right. states are talking about it now. Yeah. What's so great about our country and about the, uh, the free market? Uh, you have choice. And I think that as EVs continue to evolve this year, even this year in 2022, there are a lot more models coming out. You have the, the Hyundai Ioniq 5 that's just released, the Kia EV6. These are great new options. Uh, so you're going to have options more than just Ford or, or Tesla. Uh, you have GE who's in the market. And so I think as, as you continue to offer new entrants into the market, you're going to see the adoption rate continue to go up. Very cool stuff. Time right now, 849. If you would like to call in this morning or text us questions, feel free to do so. The number is 615-893-1450. Again, with us this morning from Middle Tennessee Electric, we have Robert White and Brandon Wagner. Stay with us. We're going to take a short break, and we will be right back. If you're looking for an authentic relationship with financial experts who genuinely care about your unique needs, Capstar Bank is for you. Capstar Bank is dedicated to the people of this community. Capstar Bank wants to help you reach your financial goals. Because at Capstar Bank, you matter to us. Capstar Bank, 2230 Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. Boulevard. CapstarBank.com, member FDIC, equal housing lender. Is your job leaving you just over broke and out of hope? Maybe this is your year to get into IT. Go to mycomputercareer.edu and take the free career evaluation today. You can start your new life in months, not years. Best of all, we've slashed tuition, and financial aid is available to those who qualify. Attend classes day or night, live online from the comfort of your home. Go to My Computer Career and fill out the free career evaluation. It's not rocket science. It's mycomputercareer.edu. It's not easy being the one everyone counts on to keep the facility running, no matter the weather or supply chain hiccup. But we get you Raymond in Buffalo and Maria in Miami, Jules in Minneapolis and Stan in central Indiana, taking control of everything that's under your control. At Granger, we're here for you with experienced branch staff at over 250 locations so you get the product you're looking for. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. The Action Line on FM 101.9 and AM 1450 Murfreesboro, FM 100.5 Smyrna, and streaming at WGNSRadio.com. Time right now, 8.51. You're tuned to WGNS again on this Friday morning. Today, the 11th of February. And our guests this morning include Robert White and Brandon Wagner with Middle Tennessee Eat Electric. And we'll go ahead and open up the phone lines. And uh, good morning. Uh, you're on the air. How are you this morning? All right, Scott. What what kind of question have you got for us? Uh, I just I, I I don't really like this electric stuff, but uh, that Nissan Leaf's all right. But making a Mustang or. A, uh, F-150, all that, I don't like that. All right. Well, thank you for calling this morning. I appreciate it. All right. Do you do you hear stuff like that a lot? You know, I, I don't like these new cars being electric. Uh, I, I don't hear that as much as I hear, I'm afraid of range anxiety. Because I asked my wife, I said, yeah. I have an EV, so let's go ahead and think about yours. She says, no, nah, it's all right. <laughs> she says, uh, I'll keep my RAV4. And she says, or she says, I'm open to a hybrid. 
And so even my wife is learning. Now she's been in my car these this many months and she's going on road trips with me. She's fine. She would do it now, but that's the perception. It took a while, though. It took a while. All right, let's go to the line here. Good morning. Thanks for holding. You're on WGNS. I guess uh, thank you very much for taking my call. I, I guess listen to the gentleman talk. Uh, education is a big thing, and the more we read about EVs, I think the more comfortable we feel about them, and particularly like the gentleman mentioned with the Ford coming out with their truck. I'm a Ford person, and that really caught my eye. But the, one of the concerns I had, I've read some, uh, and I think the, your gas can help us. Uh, uh, I don't. Do we have a grid capacity to supply all of these home chargers that, you know, say if everybody on my street bought one and, and we wanted to hook up, uh, you know, the, the level two charger, is the grid capable of supplying that much power to us? That's a really good question. We get that question a lot. Um, you know, I think uh, one of the things we're really fortunate about uh, at Middle Tennessee Electric is our engineering group for for decades. Every time we had to do a road move or, or a reconductor, uh, they were very forward thinking. And, and the cost to um, upsize the wire to the biggest possible ampacity is pretty negligible. So uh, we, we built our grid very tough. As a result of that, we can actually take out substations. I think we have about 50 substations that serve our entire territory, and we take them out frequently and do preventive maintenance. And this is something that not every utility can do, and it's it's a it's a direct benefit of our overbuild of the system to make it robust and reliable. And so when you think about that as having like big pipes, we've got a lot of capacity. And then at the individual home transformers, uh, for, for a long time, actually, the local power companies in the TVA Valley, there are, uh, our peaks have been declining for a while because of energy efficiency. So we have a lot of infrastructure that was out there to serve uh, loads that have actually decreased over time. So not to say that we're completely out of the woods, but our, our engineering group is really good at planning for these types of things. We have the fortune to to look to places like California that currently have 400,000 EVs and sort of see what kind of hurdles we need to plan for. So I do think that the adoption is going to be slow enough that we can continue to make the grid robust. But we're certainly aware of that, and and I I think it's uh, something we're focused on and have a plan to to address. Thank you for calling this morning. Yes. Thank you, gentlemen. Appreciate you. Again with us this morning, Robert White and Brandon Wagner with Middle Tennessee Electric. Are there enough charging stations to supply the demand locally in Rutherford County and throughout Middle Tennessee, for that matter? <laughs> well, it, it's, it's funny you say that because I would say yes, and I would say it's going to get better. Uh, I know that before I purchased my vehicle, that's what I looked at. It's like I got, I'm living here every day. Well, one thing, I have a level two charger. So most folks are going to use their EV to do local driving. So if they have their own charging at home, it's fine. But in, in Rutherford County, in Murfreesboro, there's lots of level two chargers at, at uh, car dealerships, at libraries, at Old Fort Park. They're all over the place. DC fast charging is where we're going to get better. And we have some of that going on in uh, Williamson County. We're getting ready to plan some in Rutherford County. Uh, we're going to do some partnerships to help try to remedy that that problem. On a road trip, for example, how much does it cost to actually recharge? 
Well, it just depends on how much you have to charge. Uh, most places I stop, I'm I'm charging probably up to about five or six dollars. Uh, the most I spend at a charge for about thirty minutes is about eleven dollars. And so it's a lot cheaper than gas. So even charging is cheaper than gas when you look at the bigger picture of it all. Right. And the rates are going to vary depending on where you stop to charge. And it varies per state and depending on who the electric provider is. We'll take another phone call here. Last call of the day. And good morning. Thanks for calling. Thank you, Scott. And thank you, gentlemen. And Scott, I'll make it real brief. Thank you. Um, and, and I've got Ken folks that live in Georgia, South Georgia. And we're talking 350 miles you know, um, I, I still can't grasp the idea of having to stop. You said 220 earlier in yours, uh, halfway and, and charging and then maybe getting further down and maybe making it there, charging, coming back, that type of thing. Are they working on something that maybe we can go further? And I haven't been listening to the whole show, I'm sorry. But are they working on batteries maybe that will go further and uh Tell me real quick, how long does it take to charge? And I'll hang up. Thank you very much, Scott. Thank you for calling this morning. Uh, sure. Uh, I, the chosen path I went, uh, I was thinking budget and what I could afford. But there are other EVs out there that will that has a range of four and 500 miles already. The new Lucid, they did the road test, and I actually saw the road test, and it was over 400 miles. And so it, it, you're going to have options. Uh, Tesla has some models that has a lot higher ranges than I've chosen. Uh, the Mustang, as a matter of fact, has an extended battery. So you can get long, longer ranges, but the, the infrastructure is going to be there. It's gonna, you're going to be able to fast charge quicker. Uh, the, the new Hyundai can fast charge, fully fast charge in about 15, 10 to 15 minutes. So it's going to get better even there. Very cool stuff. And again, talking about electric vehicles this morning, uh, we only have like one minute left. But how long is the battery life expected to be in, for example, the Mustang? Did they give you an idea? Yeah, yeah. The, the warranty is for eight years or 100,000 miles uh, of a, at least after that years, they still promise 75% efficiency, which is excellent. So eight years, and do you have an idea of a ballpark price to replace the batteries if, if needed after that point? Uh, no, I don't. Uh, and so we, I don't know what it's going to be like in a few years. I don't know if I'll be able to buy a battery pack for replacement, but I suspect that I may be looking at a different EV by then, hopefully. Yeah. Again, with us this morning, we have Robert White and Brandon Wagner with Middle Tennessee Electric. And if anybody has more questions on electric vehicles, there's information posted on the Middle Tennessee Electric website. And then Earth Day coming up in April, more information available there, too. Mm -hmm. uh, thank you both for joining us this morning. Thank you for inviting us. Thank you. Time right now, 8.59. Stay with us. We've got news, both local news and CBS news, coming your way in just a second. You're listening to WGNS. We'll post this show in podcast form on our website in just a little while at WGNSradio.com. The Good Neighbor Network, WGNS, Murfreesboro, Smyrna, flagship station for MTSU Sports. Courthouse clock time, 9 o'clock. Now an update from the WGNSradio.com News Center. I'm Ron Jordan. 
The Kitchell Volunteer Fire Department is resuming their country ham breakfast events that were extremely popular pre-COVID-19. During the height of the COVID pandemic in 2020, Kitchell Fire Chief John Donald told WGNS News that donations were down. That's been down. It's understandable. Both our contributions and our donations has been down. We've had some people, some organizations come through to help us out, and that's been great. Been keeping our head above water, but we're, we're doing well. The upcoming Country Ham Breakfast will be held Saturday, February 19th. The Kitchell Volunteer Fire Department confirmed they are resuming their monthly breakfast fundraisers on the third Saturday of every month, now through May. The breakfast will be from 6 a.m. to 10 a.m. Sheriff's deputies charged a Florida woman with burglary after she allegedly threatened a deputy and locked herself inside the Wat Amphawan of America Buddhist Temple on Barfield Crescent Road Wednesday night. Police responded to the temple for a suspicious vehicle parked there. They found 46-year-old Kayla Marie Myers Graves of Clouston, Florida. She refused to exit the vehicle and pointed what she believed to be a weapon at police, then entered the temple and locked the door. Lieutenant Derek Oser talked with the woman until deputies entered the Temple and took her into custody. She is behind bars at the Rutherford County Jail on a $13,000 bond. Police in Laverne are investigating after two drive-by shootings were reported on Wednesday. There were no injuries reported, but there was damage to property, according to police. Investigators say both a rifle and a handgun were used in the shootings. Anybody with any information should call police. News on demand 24-7 at our website, WGNSRadio.com. I'm Ron Jordan reporting. The Good Neighbor Network, on air and online at WGNSRadio.com. Rutherford County's most trusted source for local news. 